0: Hey guys, you ever wonder what Phil and I wear while we podcast? You can find out if you join our Patreon. We'll also be talking about the films of 1989, but that's definitely less important than seeing our Zoom backgrounds, our headphone choices, and our sweatshirts.
1: It's true. It's true. You'll get to see all the various pieces of artwork that I have framed on my office wall, and you can see Kenny's garden, sort of. So that's something.
0: That's exciting. It's a hanging garden.
1: It's a hanging garden. Uh, But perhaps more important than anything, uh, we are doing this Patreon to cover the best films of 1989. Uh, Batman, When Harry Met Sally, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade ghostbusters 2 with amazing guests like tom meissen liz Hanna, joanna robinson brian cogman chuck hayward you can sign up at patreon.com backslash podcast like it's 1989 and for five dollars you'll get access to all the audio of these fantastic episodes for a few bucks more you'll get video as well of our 99 and 89 episodes and perhaps most importantly you'll be supporting us uh so we can just keep making podcast content for you guys
2: Like it's
0: nineteen ninety nine.
2: Podcast like it. You want a podcast like it. Podcast like it's
0: Nineteen ninety nine. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's Nineteen ninety nine. Podcast like it. You want a podcast like it.
2: Nineteen ninety nine.
0: Hello and welcome to podcast like it's 1999 the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 falling off a bookshelf here in 2021 I'm one of your hosts Kenny Nybart,
1: and I'm Felisco
0: and with us today is hello Aaron LaRosa do I introduce
2: myself (laughs) no 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 you're
1: here you're back it's been a while it's been a beat
2: it has been a while A beat. how you been? You know, I have a toddler now, so my <laughs> oh, life has changed a lot.
0: <laughs> yes, you, you, you know, I have a 16-year-old now. <laughs> oh, that's um, fucked yeah. up. No, I don't have a 16-year-old. He doesn't have no. a 16-year-old. Wow, cool. no. Great. No, but, I would but Kenny, believe it.
2: You... I'd be like, yeah, Kenny. Doesn't Kenny have, like, how many kids? It's a lot four, of kids. Four.
1: Four kids. Four kids.
2: That's like a circus of kids. Yes. And I feel you
1: like, Kenny, what? you've had a kid since Aaron was last on. Am I Seems crazy? like it. Seems it like feels it. like that. It feels like that. How old one, is
2: your youngest kid? Two. Oh, okay.
0: Because mine is sixteen months.
2: Okay,
0: so <sighs> I mean, do you, do you know how many kids I have staying at my house right
2: now? <laughs> I'm gonna guess thirteen.
0: No, but I had I, I no joke had thirteen kids over yesterday. Oh my well, god! Was, um, because that's a, that's because one of my best friends who moved to France seven or no, no, probably eight or nine years ago uh, is staying with us with his two kids, two little French kids. It's the best. Well, that's cute. And two also, my niece is staying here is 13. So we have seven kids currently staying at my house uh, and five and four adults. Now
2: is this a daycare? Can I send my daughter to your house <laughs> you, later you today? You can
0: because this is this is going to be the average over the next three weeks. Is that okay, my sister in law is coming with her other three kids, including so that's four, including the one one of her kids who's staying. So we'll have eight, and then my other sister in law is going to be coming with her three kids the following week. So we'll we'll be back down to seven, great. and then uh, and then I, uh, I I'm if I survive. Just- I will be yeah. running off to the hills for a few days and no one will ever be able to find me. <laughs> I will just
2: tack my baby in there and that'll be eight. There you go. It's, perfect. Perfect.
0: it's a nice evening. It's a real ensemble piece here, Phil. Oh, Jesus. It real, is, it is. Ensemble, oh. Uh, oh, boy. A lot of, with a lot of sisters um, that you may so, not know are sisters until the last act.
1: Well, first of all, I want to say, Aaron, the last time you were here, we talked about a masterpiece, right? I believe you were here for Deadly Do Right the last time you were on this. Uh, Yeah, I
2: was. I was here, and um,
1: Um, a movie that still lingers with me laps this film ten times over. Like it's,
0: but yes, I remember you being kind of Luke on uh, on Dudley, but I feel like you must be a, a little a little warmer, maybe even maybe even hot on it now.
2: Well, yeah, now I am. If we're comparing, like, if you're like, which movie would you want to rewatch? I'd be like, obviously, Dudley. I'm Dud.
1: going in 100. Wait, wait, wait.
0: I want to say one more thing, Aaron. Yeah. So I think it's been about three years since you've been on this podcast. I believe two and a half, three years. Yeah. In those two and a half, three years, <laughs> Brendan Fraser has gone from an obsession of just the three of us to to Hollywood's favorite son. Everybody's on this Fraser tip That we true. started on this podcast We true, right? have a
2: really big impact it's,
0: This is culture yeah. Okay yeah. And yeah. we yeah. make it on this yeah. podcast you are, to, you are listening to some Influencers right now so, I mean, how many
2: times did we talk about Brendan Fraser? I was on I was on your podcast. I think that was maybe the only Brendan... No, I, it no, was no, two because we past. did Blast from yeah, the, blast past. the Past. Because yeah. I was like, I, I think I have just brought him up randomly on other podcasts of yours, but no, it was Blast from the Past.
1: It's, he's... Yeah. I mean, he's really... I know that Kenny believes he's going to he get an Oscar He deserves everything. Nomination. I think The Whale could very well get him an Oscar nomination, Kenny. I don't... I mean, we don't know what the movie is yet, blah, 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 but... Yeah, he's just and he showed up in No Sudden Move. He's great in No Sudden Move, the the Soderbergh oh, HBO been, Max thing. He's been killing it recently. Yeah, he's really. really he deserves
2: good. every good thing in the world, and I'm yes, so happy that we brought him back just through this yes. podcast.
0: Oh, yes. we, we definitely, we definitely did. There's yeah. no question yep. about that. Uh, I think you know, look, we live in a world
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: where Simon Rex might win an Oscar. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Right, yeah. but yeah. you put you. I mean, look, look Brendan Fraser's ticking all the boxes. He's working with yeah, a, a director. He always
2: mm-hmm. has. That's what I've been yeah. telling yeah. you guys. the, he he gets the boxes. He understood the assignment
0: from day one. He's working with a director uh, for whom a- actor, act- I mean, Natalie Portman. I can't think of any oh. others. But he's 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 directed people to best best actor actress uh, trophies before. Mm-hmm. He is uh, going to weigh six hundred pounds, I believe. Correct. Um, people love a physical transformation. They no do. one does it like you know. No one does like BF. My BF.
1: <laughs> Your BF.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I think, and I, I think people really want to do the thing where you know Hollywood feels like we brought him back. But anyone who knows knows this podcast brought him back.
3: Just Can like we're about
0: to not. do for Jay Moore.
1: I was just going to ask, is there someone you would want to bring back from this cast?
0: Okay. No, 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 um, we, nobody in this cast was injured by this. Everybody in this cast that's true. went that's true. on to do yeah. even more incredible... I actually
2: treatment. have a list of the cast in my notes because there are so many. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking Why? through them. I was like, okay, Jillian Anderson is fine. Tom Connery, <laughs> R.I.P. Angelina. I K. mean, I is. guess
1: everyone's fine. But yeah. I hear you, Kenny. It is definitely. This is one of those movies that, like, I remember when this film came out. Um, I remember feeling like, "Wow, that's a really impressive cast." And then it just kind of disappeared, and I've never really thought about it since. Um, <clears throat> I want to sort of ask a, 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 a grander question at the top of this episode, which is sort of
0: all right. Th- the movie mo- we're doing is called "Playing by yeah, it's Heart." Playing
1: by Heart. Correct. Y'all um, remember it? Everyone's favorite uh, ensemble. Um, there are lots of movies, or there's a genre, if you will, of this type of film. Right? The bad films. Well, <laughs> I was going to say the 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 sort of mosaic of characters, interconnected characters of an ensemble, um, and. This is the nader of that. Like, this is the worst inclinations of all of... Uh, like, there's a reason why you set out to, to make this type of film, a Shortcuts, a Magnolia, uh, you know what I mean? A, a whatever, right? Where you sit down and you're like, like I want to talk about all these different stories and each of them are specific and interesting in a way that I feel like they speak to each other. This does none of that. There's no specificity to this film. There's nothing about no. this movie that that stays with you. There's no reason to write this fucking script. Other than I mean, the fact that this... Sorry, go ahead. Please, Aaron. Please.
2: No, I was just wondering how he got these folks to sign on to the movie, because I, like, I think it's a series of monologues. That's what it feels like. Like, I'm watching a stage play. Um, but yeah, I,
3: I, like, the whole Mar-a- time I was don't like, say how anything. did
2: he... No, I mean, yeah, they don't. But how Not did he only... get them to sign on to this? What was the <sighs> trick? Like, Maybe Not... one person signed on and they oh. were like, we got Sean Connery, you got to join this movie. Or I don't know what it was.
0: Not only did he get him to sign on, he got Sean Connery to sign on for $50,000.
2: For like nothing.
0: What? This, is, this is Sean yes. Connery, who in the same year yes, is probably getting paid like $10 million. Correct. to do... What's the shitty movie we hate? The shitty movie. We hate. Yeah, another shitty movie. So... So this
1: movie cost $14 million and everyone in the cast took... Significant pay cuts, or was paid what Sean Connery was paid, which is fifty thousand dollars. So Connery, the director, I'll, I'll quote the director here because he he says, uh, according to director Willard Carroll, the film was made for fourteen million dollars. Cast was led by Sean Connery, were agreed to fifty k. Carroll praised Connery, saying that he continued his total democratic cooperation in the ensemble piece. He was the most generous actor, although he is larger than life star, and that Connery set the example for the rest of the cast. My my assumption is that. Connery was the key to all of this, right? Like he's the key that gets all of these people to sign on. I'm assuming.
2: Yeah. Right. I would assume that too. He's not the fucking script. No. And also I, I mean, what I will say is there was this scene where Sean Connery does a little dance. Do you remember that scene? He like dances out of a room. And I was like, I was like, well, I was like, I can't imagine ever seeing Sean Connery do this again. So maybe this movie is worth it just for him doing a little like silly dance out of a room.
1: Just to be clear, I'm thrilled we're covering this because I, I as, as you uh, can assume, I hated it and I'd love to talk about it. And I'm glad that we're, you know, that this is a, this is a, um, I, I, I feel like what's interesting about this, Kenny, and you can obviously stop me or disagree with me, but I want to kind of put it next to Magnolia in a lot of ways, because Magnolia is obviously the success of all of these things. Yes. And and what this film is just not even attempting to do anything this movie makes Crazy Stupid Love look like fucking Citizen Kane. Like, it, it really... <laughs> I, and I don't even really love Crazy Stupid Love. But, like, Crazy Stupid Love does the same reveal at the end, and everyone's minds were blown by it.
0: Well, not everyone. But <laughs> Cra- Crazy Stupid Love is a terrible movie, and I agree, it does look like Citizen Kane next to this. Uh, it's just a terrible, miserable film. we talk um,
2: about Ryan Filippi's blue hair?
1: Which he did on his own <laughs> volition. He just showed up one day with his hair dyed, and they were like, "How, how cute!" And then apparently, no, you're, just kidding. Su- you're I'm making not. that up. He showed up with what? blue hair, and they were like, "Great." <laughs> I mean, fuck it. This, so okay. I want to kind of – I'm going to give a synopsis of this because I don't think anybody saw this movie because it made no money. But uh, in the tale of how love binds 11 random people from Los Angeles, a married couple, played by Sean Connery and Gina Rollins, prepared to renew vows, a widowed mother, played by Ellen Bernstein, cares for her dying son, played by Joey Moore, a couple – Played by Madeline Stowe and uh, Anthony Edwards, have an affair. A theater director played by Gillian Anderson strikes up a relationship with a stranger played by John Stewart. An aspiring actress oh, played by Angelina stranger. Jolie pursues a shy young man. A shy young man and a lone man uh, talks to uh, talks of heartbreak to strangers. Playing by heart. So here I got to be uh, to our listeners. This one slipped through the cracks. We are not going to start covering films that. Were released at the end of '98 for Oscar consideration. Uh, this film opened widely on January 22nd, 1999. It did get released in two theaters in New York and LA on December 25th, so five days before the end of
0: 1998.
1: We really fucked up. We fucked up. In many ways. We fucked up. It shouldn't have. It's a '98 film. Technically, it sort of eked into '98. We're covering it anyway. Don't add us. It is what it we're, is. We're gonna. I mean, who gives We're
0: not show? doing Rushmore. I'm we're sorry. not
1: doing Rushmore. We're not doing any other films that 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 slipped into '98, but this one did. So. Whatever it is, what it is. Yeah. It goes on to make $3.9 million on an $18 million budget. (laughs) Angelina Jolie won an award for best breakthrough performance by an actress at the National Board of Review. Uh, and the writer-director Willard Carroll was nominated for an award at the Berlin International Film Festival. It's got 60% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, uh, 79 from audiences. Roger Ebert said, it's easy to like the movie because we like the actors in it and because the movie makes it easy on us and has charming moments. But it feels too much like an exercise. It's yuppie, light, affluent, articulate people who, (laughs) except for those who are ill, have problems that are almost pleasant. It has been observed that a (laughs) lot of recent movies about death have gone all soft and gooey at the center. Here's a movie about life that does the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that.
2: Can I say that I kind of understand how Angelina Jolie got nominated for something? Because out of the whole movie, at least in her scenes, she was really trying or bringing something, some kind of energy where I was like, oh, I will watch more scenes with her and her one-eyed cat Blanche. Like, I will surely tune into those. Like, let's just do a movie on that.
0: She's the yeah, gonna, best actress, uh, maybe who's ever lived. So okay. that, so so yes, she she obviously like you know proved that again. Um, the most beautiful woman in the world playing someone who can't get a date is pretty, impre- convincingly is really? pretty yeah, impressive. Convincingly, really, yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think there's also she she's proven this many times since in her career, which is that she can defy the words that she's saying. Right, like she's yeah, saying legitimate.
0: Right, That's what the best actors and actresses
1: can do. Absolutely, right. She's yeah. taking bad dialogue and she is somehow imbuing it with charm and watchability and 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 you know charisma. And you're just sort of—I mean—the movie opens with her, obviously, because the movie knows what it has in her. I mean, it knows that like she's the only one that we probably are going to care about. Um, maybe I don't know. And it does this stupid fucking. Um, in media res fracture narrative thing for no reason like no reason but it starts with in the middle of a scene with her and we know it's going to be ryan felipe but whatever so it starts in the middle of a scene with her talking about fucking dancing to architecture or something like that because that was dancing
0: about architecture
1: dancing about architecture or whatever and then it, it folds back on itself it loops back around i don't know an hour or so into this interminably long movie, like this movie felt really long.
2: How long is it?
1: It's two hours. Um, oh, it did it's feel a, longer.
0: It's a painfully <laughs> stupid idea. the the idea The idea that yes, yes, that that the thesis statement of this movie is mm-hmm. talking about love is like dancing about architecture, mm-hmm. De- dancing about architecture texture, texture, texture,
1: <laughs> texture. Where's lost on meaning?
0: And then it's uh, extra texture, and then proceeding to talk about love for the yes. next two hours yes. is so painfully stupid to yes. me. Yes. Um. But the but the thesis is stupid. Talking about love is not like dancing about architecture. It texture. It's. <laughs> It's nor is it true. about. Nor is it like writing about music, which is al- allegedly right. what the original uh, the Lou Reed, Lou Reed yeah. quote is, which is also a stupid, stupid fucking comparison. Of course, you can write about music. Of course, you can talk. These are the the, the these are these are these are yeah. mediums. These are yeah. media that that have the ability to express the way you feel in a way that dance really doesn't. And by the way, you probably could fucking dance about architecture. Texture. Uh, <laughs> I, just,
1: architecture. I agree with you. Cause what's, what's kind of crazy about it is in this monologue that she gives at the top of the movie, she basically says, there's no point in talking about love for all intents and purposes, because it's beyond you know what i mean like it's it's beyond any of those things like it, it's it's some sort of otherworldly thing so then why are you making a fucking two-hour movie about it if it's so, like it doesn't make any sense it's well, like you're shooting yourself is, in the foot
0: willard carroll proved that there's no point for him to talk that's about true that's true because he that's does true. not understand what understand it me. is now i think it's interesting because the, you know the other movie that that has to be brought up is love actual Yes, which I, yes. I wonder if you think is Citizen Kane. Oh. This as well. I agree, I agree, I agree, and uh, I don't like totally. actually. At all. Way
2: more watchable than this movie. Well, sure. but love actually, also love, yeah. love actually is charming. There are charming that's, parts of Love Actually. Yes, yes. Love, and love there actually, are like no, I yeah. mean, like the, you're the saying the
0: baseline, the baseline dialogue, the baseline dynamic, the baseline you know level of interaction between these the the <sighs> characters in Love Actually is significantly higher. My understanding. And Phil you, as as a love actual hater please correct me if I'm wrong but my understanding uh, among is that among the haters it's not so much the the micro that bothers people it's more the macro it's more the structure and more the, the tweeness and the silliness and the way things kind of like everything works out or so I know some people you know hate the Karen Knightley story which I understand but does not seem to be like you know the the point of, of why you hate a movie uh, the the baseline of love actually is uh, highly competent and richard curtis and friends have proven that they are highly competent when it comes to you know having two people talk to each other and and believable and you know relatable and, and having and, two yeah. people
2: talk to each other <laughs> i think you know i
0: used to i used to say that the love actually dialogue.
1: Is, it, i used to yeah. say that love actually is is magnolia for dumb people but but this is this is truly magnificent people. yeah people. Um, Love Actually, and I, I don't, I, I just, just to, I don't think that Love Actually, and I, I have watched it relatively recently again, and I liked it a lot more the last time that I watched it. Aww, um, I, I guess that I don't during
2: the pandemic. Everyone, you got a little soft <laughs> I don't
1: spot. Know, uh, but I, I, I do like Richard Curtis. I think Notting Hill is fantastic. I think that Richard Curtis has a specificity that this film has. Like this movie is the most damning thing I can say is how it lacks in any specific specificity. Like there's really nothing that's interesting about any of these characters. Whereas Love Actually, whether or not I like the Colin first storyline, whether or not I like all Love the storylines, that's Love fine. Him. Great. Uh, I don't dislike Colin Firth. I think that storyline's just stupid, but that's Love whatever. It. the best. Um, I, I think that, that some of the stuff, the stuff that works in Love Actually works incredibly well, works so much better than anything in this movie. That, you know what I mean? They're, 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 they shouldn't even really be talked about in the same conversation, even though I understand where we are. I, I think that one of the things that should be said, Willard Carroll, the director of this film had done nothing and continued to do nothing that made it seem as though he could make this movie. I don't know if you guys looked at his credits. I
2: did. I did. And I was. also was like, what?
0: Yeah, but okay, did he do
2: the Brave Little Toaster, the original movie? movie. What do you guys know about the Brave
0: Little Toaster?
2: I know that I cried. I know that the toaster nearly died in an incinerator. Is that right? right?
0: Correct. That's what I like, remember. It sounds like Toy, Toy Story owes a debt yes. yes. of gratitude to this brave little toaster. So, Brave, brave little, toaster
2: little Toaster was a very intense movie.
1: To be clear, he did not write or direct the Brave Little Toaster. He executive produced mm-hmm. the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then wrote the sequels and directed the sequels, I believe. Okay. Um, so he started as an executive producer. That's where most of his credits are. Um, he then directed a movie called The Runstone. I don't know what that is. Then he does this film. Then he does some a, a children's film called Tom's Magic Garden. And then he does Midnight Garden. And then he does another film called Marigold. Long story short... Is that there's nothing in Willard Carroll's credits that would lead you to believe that he could make this movie, write this movie, direct this movie? Yet he did, and then proved why he should not have done any of these.
2: He and Sean Connery must have been friends or something.
1: I guess maybe maybe they must have been.
0: How else? Him or him and Harry? uh, Him and Harvey Weinstein? That seems like it Mm -hmm. seems like. All right. So you look at this guy is not some some film student or some random guy living somewhere who you know Mm -hmm. wrote a spec which is what this feels like this feels like this feels like a dummy's spec right like a dummy being like (laughs) my family's interesting and i should just write about my family (laughs) and when you really look at it on paper all his family has are some people who have been in relationships with other people and that is kind of what a family is yeah like what people do yeah you look at a family tree that is the story of any family tree some people made some people um so it, he does it does seem like he just said you know it would be interesting the story of of my life yep. and also uh a bad retelling of one part of Philadelphia and yes um and 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 someone bought oh. it and someone bought into it and said like uh, l- let's go ahead and do it now like the thing that upsets me and kind of bugs me and bothers me is that um, I like these kind of movies in theory. Same. Yes. Right? Like, yes. I think these are high-wire acts. I think the best ones are Shortcuts and, and Magnolia and Nashville. These are brilliant movies. Like Yes. Brilliant, like painfully brilliant movies. Um, I think when they're done poorly, you get to that place where executives and producers and critics and people start saying, Don't even try. Don't even try (laughs) to make a movie like this. It's too hard. Yes. Yes. And that bugs me so much because you don't Mm -hmm. see like big ensembles like this. I mean, Boogie Nights is a big ensemble like this. Big ensembles like this uh, get made very often.
1: Well now yeah. it's I mean now so I do feel like I mean two things come to mind when you what you were saying, Kenny. The first is this movie also made made me think about like a bad James L. Brooks movie too, right? Like a a bad sort of uh you know, rich white people problems and just sort of this, you know, a lot of that kind of uh it it kind of made me think of Spanglish a little bit, you know, of 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 that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Of, to your point, Kenny, like, yeah, I I don't like it particularly either, but that, that idea of like someone taking a step back from their life and being like, you know what? My life's pretty interesting. I should, I should just, uh, I should just make a movie about my life. And you're like, your life's not that interesting. The second thing is by the way,
0: like everyone's life is interesting. Like that's the thing is that yeah. To you. Like, yeah. I mean, everyone's yeah. life is interesting if it's if, if yeah. you have the guts to tell the, the real story. Totally. Right? Like, the, yeah. the story of I met, you know, I, I met someone and we kind of didn't like each other and now we kind of do like each other is not that interesting. I agree. Um, but, I agree. But you could, if you interrogate any relationship, anybody's life, like, and you execute it well. Yeah. It almost always is really crazy. I, to- I totally agree. So
1: there's also the Crazy Stupid Love thing, I do think kind of opened the door a little bit. And then we got This Is Us, which is obviously the same writer. You know, this idea of like the interconnectedness of lives and withholdings, you know, for reveals and stuff like that. Um it, it I'm I'm sort of surprised we haven't seen more Movies like this, I guess, is what I'm getting
0: at. You know, one movie recently, and it's not that recent anymore, it's five years ago, that, that reminded me of this, is that movie Collateral Beauty. Oh, God. You pull together oh. all these big stars, you get them to do, you know, week <sighs> on set or whatever it is. I saw and, that in the theater. Yeah, and it, you know, like, no one really buys it. It's just some kind of actual Oscar play. But, like, the studio is like, Ugh. we got all these great actors. We got, you know, I'm looking at it. We got Will Smith. We got Keira Knightley. Yeah. We got...
1: Kate Winslet, Edward Norton, Kate Winslet, I mean,
0: Edward Norton, Michael Payne, you Naomi know, Harris. I mean, I'm basically everyone crazy. I'm naming has been nominated for Oscars. It's some Helen yep. Mirren nominated one, written by Alan Loeb. Uh, you know, directed oh, by at the end of, of that. Holland. The
1: reveal that they're angels at the end of that movie is that's a very upsetting.
2: Thing. It's a very upsetting. i gonna have to movie. watch this movie
1: now. You need to watch *Flatterer <laughs> Beauty*. I actually, Aaron, I, I really, I want you to because I need to hear okay. what okay. you think about. If you thought this. If this movie made you wonder what is this movie, that what movie will movie? absolutely blow your mind. I, I wanna but, kind of when
0: you when okay, you when you have these ensemble pieces mm-hmm. that don't really follow narrative, um, or, or one clear one um cohesive narrative, you usually wrap it around something. Now like the worst of these are the Gary Marshall movies, the Mother's New Day, and, Van, Valentine's
3: Eve, Day and, and, and Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day
0: and whatever, and that's very embarrassing. Um <laughs> the the <laughs> the, the the best, I mean like um, Magnolia is, yeah. is about a feeling, right? The, yes. The, the, the Magnolia is about this kind of pervasive feeling of the apocalypse coming upon all of these characters and everybody's a little heightened and you don't really know why until the end of the movie, like exactly what it is that's like
3: yeah.
0: you know, tying everybody's stomach into knots in this film but this movie's about fucking Nothing. nothing. <laughs> And by well, way, the way, so is crazy, like so is crazy, really, really stupid love. Stupid That's love. what I call yeah. it. Really <laughs> stupid love. Uh, <laughs> I they, think, Kenny, we didn't take we that, talk about?
1: Didn't we talk about Oberman. how the 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 reveal is all around the fact that they call Emma Stone Nana? Character, it's, Nana, which makes it no
0: sense. It's, it, it's actually worse than Anger Ball, but.
1: The thing about Magnolia is that it's biblical, right? Like it's it's larger than it's it's the whole human condition, right? Like yes. it's it's humanity. Whereas yes. this movie is just about like,
2: I'm not happy. I think he must have thought it was just about love, and that was enough. That it's just about different sure. kinds of love, and he was like, yeah. This is I'm gonna show a mother's love. I'm gonna show a marriage falling part. I'm gonna show single people. Like he just kind of ticked all the boxes and was like the love. And here well, are the different kinds. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, and I totally.
0: and, and I think that's what I think that's probably was the was the which I think that was the pitch, which which is by the way, that's exactly what love actually is, right? That's Correct. exactly love actually. Um so it's it does so much come down to it actually is all around. <laughs> uh a, it really what are the does come down to ex- execution. <laughs> it just does. It really just comes down to execution. Yep, yep. And in this particular case, it comes down to scope. I mean, there's not a particular. Yeah. I mean, you there. There are four four examples of love, right? There's an old married couple. There's a married couple that are that they It's on the rocks. Like, a yeah. Five. You have someone falling in love. You have unrequited love, and then you have a mother's love. Those are all pretty rote. Also, pretty heteronormative. Also, you know. Um, just, just things we've seen a million, like, like, like movies dedicated to, it. You know, of course, at least in, um, Love Actually, the Laura yep. Linney storyline is unusual. Um, the correct, storyline correct. Story with Martin Freeman, I think is kind of unusual. The storyline with Liam Neeson and, and his stepson is very unusual. You don't, you, that feels yeah. familiar, yeah. but I don't know if I can remember a movie about that particular kind of relationship. Um, yeah, no. And, I, I this this comes back sort of what I was saying
1: earlier, you know, which is that there is a specificity to Richard Curtis's writing that he is, you know, he's found it sort actually
0: of, is all around. I'm sure, that's uh, what the movies about.
1: But it, there's also his ability to be able to sort of the universality in that specificity is where obviously. That's why these movies hit, right? Whereas this film is trying to be so universal that it's just milk toast, right? Like it's just applesauce. It doesn't none of it actually means anything to anybody. I, like applesauce. I, I don't dislike <laughs> applesauce, but I mean my my point is that it needs a little cinnamon on it. It needs Exactly. <laughs> there you go. This
0: movie needs a little cinnamon. This movie needs Yes.
1: This movie needs <laughs> yes. any fucking spice. It's yes. just it it it's kind of Like, I I was, first of all, I would say probably 20 minutes, half an hour into this film, I checked to see how much time there was left. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I just, it really was an interminable film. But what's interesting, Kenny, is you talked about execution. One of the things that I actually find really muddled in this film, I have no idea the passage of time. There's times when I think it could yeah, be hours, there's hours. times where it could be fucking days. You just have no yeah, idea what's actually transpiring when. Um, yeah. and because of that, it like the passage of time helps you in terms of creating stakes in terms of creating, you know, temporal ideas of of what's going on. Dennis Quaid's entire thing feels like it's one night, but it's not. It's been, a week. Know.
2: They said Dennis? it's like a week. Of making pretend oh, okay. like being okay. other people, but that has okay. dropped at the end. And let me tell you, I had no idea what was going on until the very end when <laughs> Angelina Jolie was like, How was that improv class where you every night pretend to be a different person for a week? And I was like, That's what was happening.
0: <laughs> I feel so bad for Dennis Quaid in this movie. It's He's some great. of the most, em- have, it's some like, most embarrassing material be- I've ever seen.
2: Yeah. i i was so confused the whole time i was like i was like okay so he he ran over his wife with the car and then i'm like oh wait his wife's cheating on him and i was like and now he's at a gay bar and he's pretending that he slept with his wife's brother and i was i was just like i was like it's something i, <laughs> I was just really really confused the entire time until you, the very end
1: no i i, I was very very confused. Until the very end, but then with the reveal at the end, I, I'm. Do you think that Dennis Quaid was acting like a bad actor? Like, do you think that that was part of what he was doing?
2: <laughs> like he, like when he did improv, he was trying to. That's what I'm show saying. Show that he was a bad actor. Um. Now that is interesting. That was that first scene, and
1: obviously we'll never know. But that first scene is so jarringly bad. Yes. That you're just like, wait a
2: fucking second. Well, is, well what even is the drag movie? queen at the drag yes, bar yes, is yes, like, yes, yes. I know that you're straight, okay. Well,
0: what's and really interesting? It was great. You guys are hitting on something really interesting to me. <laughs> and I have kind of a, a macro theory about this movie and how it okay. extends to other movies. But I'll start in the micro, which is uh, that scene is terrible. It's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> the the scene where the scene, Dennis yeah. Quaid comes in, I believe it's Patricia it's Clarkson. It is Patricia Clarkson. That he, he basically you know is crying at a bar and saying his wife and children died in a uh, car accident or cancer or a cancer that accident, he, a car accident no, or, that he no, drove the car into them. It. Right? Yeah, okay. he so hit he, them. Yes, yes. While drunk. So so that scene is so bad, and there is no indication except maybe what you guys are talking about. That it's not real until final analysis of the movie. So, yes, like you guys, I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking, oh, so this is just a horrible movie. Like this is just a like, like, so there's no like there there, there is no benefit to keeping quiet what you're doing. All the you're secret. doing is making the audience think this is a horrible shit movie that I don't want to be with. Now, second point. When you have a reveal like this, or like in Crazy Stupid Love, two-thirds, three-quarters, four-fifths, five-sixths of the way through the movie, you reveal that everything you thought you knew about those characters uh, should be viewed through a different lens because something uh, has changed about the relationship to each other. What you're doing is, to me is you're saying, uh, actually what we wrote, Throughout the entire film was not strong enough to stand on its own two legs. So we have to put some ridiculous ending on this (laughs) that is ultimately inconsequential for the characters. It is only consequential for you, the viewer, the way you watch this. Mm -hmm. Right. You -hmm. would never tell the story of this family and say, all right, so let me tell you a story about four people. And then at the end say, and would you believe it? The reason they all use the term anger ball is because their mom invented it. All right, so furthermore, the the irony of this whole thing to me is if you had started the film with Mm -hmm. these characters in the same place Mm -hmm. and said all four of these characters or five of these, I guess it really is the mother the three daughters and like one of their ex husbands, Jay Moore, um, are the are the that's yeah. the relationships between them. If you'd say all four of these, is Ellen five, Burstyn
1: her sister? Sorry, I can't remember. No, no, Ellen. Oh.
0: No, Jay I Moore. I don't know about that. Okay. Jay Moore yeah. is Jillian Anderson's ex husband. Huh, okay. So, who who was actually gay and contracted? Oh, and I didn't
2: realize they were married. I thought she was just like the last guy I dated turned
0: out to be gay. And they all, like, I think they all, like, still kind of like Jay Moore, right? Sure. Um, And that's why he's still, like, kind of in their lives in a a way. And that's, I think Ellen Burstyn is at the wedding at the end because of that, or or she's not, or whatever. (laughs) Point being.
1: Jillian does have a type, though. Jon Stewart does have a Jay Moore vibe.
0: (laughs) Yo, he I actually think he's so charming in this, but that's, that's I do too. just maybe me. Like he's I just too. so fucking charming. Yeah. But and and she's awesome too. Like they could have had their own movie. But not separately not this movie with this writer,
2: I, I didn't I didn't like them necessarily in scenes together because I kept thinking, why? Did, why is John Stewart like repeatedly going back to Jillian, who has made it very clear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like no, I'm not, not into this. Yeah, yeah. and also and like this... she had a bookcase dropped on her, which I was really not okay with. I was like, how does she walk away from that? Yeah, she just stood back I, up and I was agree like, I'm with fine. With
0: everything you're saying, <laughs> anyways. Yeah, like, uh, all right, but the point I'm making. Yes, yes, sorry, Some yeah. of the great fucking movies of all time. Are about siblings and people yeah. who are related having their own fucking stories. Mm-hmm. For instance, the magnificent Ambersons is about mm-hmm. this. Sure. Hannah and her sisters is this. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if in the end of Hannah and Her Sisters, the reveal, there was a reveal that they're all sisters? You would be like, <laughs> What the fuck did we just watch? <laughs> Why didn't you just tell me that? But because you don't have that, yes. like that, that yes yes that that like weird like what are we doing here mm-hmm. thing you could actually just sit back and watch the film transpire well, it's you, so yeah. stupid to me that you think that anybody would think that kind of storytelling reveal just for the benefit of the audience is actually an aha like anybody who had their mind blown my crazy stupid love actually is a dummy Sorry.
1: I think that I don't disagree with anything you're saying and you're tapping into something that that does seem to be a little is a little pervasive right now, which is a lot of people's frustrations with television shows that tend to do the jump ahead and then come back. And then, you know, you have a a season of television or multiple seasons that are catching up to that point that they've told you about deeper in the run. Um, Now, the issue that people have with that is similar to what you're saying, Kenny, which is. The confidence in storytelling, in th- in their theory, is that you should be confident in the characters, confident in the story you're telling, so you don't need to hoodwink me, quote-unquote, with this sort of, you know, fractured narrative and media res thing. I don't particularly subscribe to that because I don't think it's that binary. That's not I, the same. I, I, I know, but I'm... I'm The reason, what I'm I'm glomming onto is Hannah and Her Sisters is a great film because that movie has the confidence to say, I'm telling a story about these sisters and I'm going to tell it well and I'm I'm going to tell a good movie. This movie doesn't have that confidence. So it's dangling these weird sort of modifiers and kind of mysteries because it's afraid that it doesn't have your attention and it doesn't. So
2: So, I think back to that spec script thing, I think it was just like, he was like, and you know, it'll be a cool ending. They're all connected. (laughs) Related,
0: like I think, I think he's you the first
3: person to think of
0: yeah. Yeah, I think you just thought it was yeah. yeah. yeah, cool. No but I think yeah. I, mean, I want to just comment on what you're saying about the Fractured narrative yeah. and it's a, you know, uh, jumping back to some moment in the future. Uh, White Lotus does that, yeah, and I've been thinking I love, about that. Love White Lotus, yeah, yeah, I do too. I I've, I've been only been seen the first episode,
2: that. okay, no spoilers. We we'll I'm not about. gonna say
0: anything else, I mean, it's the first scene of the first episode, yeah. uh, where you find out that you know someone died. And then you find out that we're going back six weeks or something, or two yeah. weeks, or one week. You go back one week, that's yeah. it. So, um, and I'm thinking about why that works, because in general, I kind of am allergic to this, this trope. I do think it is often a cheat. But in this show, yeah. it feels like a Trojan horse to me.
1: Like, like 100%. it's
0: Trojan horsing me yeah. personally to continue with this show, because I want to find something out. And along the way, I am meeting these characters who I love so much. And I'm finding so fucking compelling that it's not that this mystery is, is melting away, but it is certainly riding side saddle to the stories of what's happening with these characters. So I, I, it, it does so in a way that like, for instance, succession didn't do succession for the first five or six episodes was a bit of a, Trudge. Who's
1: gonna? Yeah,
3: yeah. It's
0: a bit. It was a bit of a trudge as you're like learning the rhythms of the characters and learning the relationships and learn. And again, yeah. I think Succession is the best show on TV. <laughs> so don't think I'm shitting on Succession. Do you I love so too, Succession. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I we should just do a best. whole
2: podcast about. No, I,
0: I do. I think it's <laughs> the best show. I think it is. I think it's as good as you know, the classic fucking uh, Golden Age shows that, that that we always hold up. But I do think like those four, or five, it's like the first hundred pages of a, of a novel mm-hmm. where you're like you have to get through the first hundred and then the rewards are plentiful. I hate um, when people
2: say that. Isn't that terrible? Like who like, has the time to spend a hundred pages and you're not invested in something? But yeah, go on.
0: But often it's worth it. Uh, I, I do is think, like, uh, well, I hate, I hate reading in general. I'm with you, Aaron. Reading is for <laughs> read, reading. I, mean, I, don't think that's I am Aaron's a novelist. Saying. She is a novelist. My, my I hate reading. Reading, reading is the worst. But
2: yes, uh, thank but, you, uh, Kenny. I know that you'll buy my book. That
0: one, so I'll, I'll <laughs> actually read it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm having. I'm having. I mean, I'm, I'm reading the the book for uh, for Becky Feldman's oh, podcast right great. now? And Which book? I'm reading. It's called Barista. It's It's about
1: a bear who's a barista.
0: It's about a shapeshifter who shapeshifts into a bear. who you got it. This is the too
2: stupid to live podcast about romance books. Yes,
0: that's so great. You're
2: going to be great
0: on that podcast. Thank you, Becky is so generously giving me like two months to read this like (laughs) 120 page romance novel (laughs) because reading is hard for 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 you, Kenny. Can I just say though, Um, Kenny, to your to your
1: point earlier about um. Oh, fuck. I completely lost the thread. I apologize. No, the, sorry. I was
0: talking about, uh, the Wylo- Wylotus, I'm White sure Lotus. White Lotus. Yes. Sorry. Yeah.
1: White Lotus. My point about what White Lotus was, uh, I will not be surprised if by the end of White Lotus, this body is completely meaningless. Like that, that's, that, that's ultimately, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That 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 whoever the person is is not that it's not gonna be meaningless, that it's not gonna have meaning, but that it doesn't ultimately matter in the greater scheme of things.
0: It's an interesting thing because I'll tell you, uh by the end of Mayor of East Town, I couldn't have cared less about the um crime. <laughs> Who the
1: killer was, yeah, sure.
0: And I really loved the character so much yeah. and felt like that yeah. was worth it. By the end of True Detective, uh sure. they put so much stock into the crime that yeah. I was severely let down even though the characters were super compelling. So it yeah. is this yeah. delicate balance of, yeah. you know, how much stock you put into the, the crime or the mystery and how much you build your characters. And it, to me, it's almost like this, this magical alchemy that yeah. you probably can't even forecast. But Well, uh, I, it's, like-
1: it's interesting because it does feel like – the, the Angelina Jolie scene at the top of this movie feels like what it's trying to do, to your point, Kenny, is allude to something bigger, some connective thing, perhaps, that, that makes these stories all sort of come together. Um, but, I, I mean, okay, take Magnolia, for instance, right? Magnolia opens with a series of short vignettes that explain how, whether we like it or not, our lives are somewhat interconnected and that there's, there's something that's bringing these things together. So you can't be just one of those things. Can't just be one of those things. This did happen. So there's a part of me that feels like, you know, that at the end of Magnolia, something significant is going to bring all these things together. This movie doesn't do that. So at no point am I watching this film thinking, how does all, how do all these people connect? In fact, I don't fucking care how these people connect. And that's a bigger problem, but I'm not even thinking that it's going to reveal something at the end. Like it's, it's just not even in the DNA of the movie. It's so I just, it's, it's just really fucking strange. And then it does have these weird reveals. Let's talk for a second, please about the Madeline Stowe, uh, Anthony Edwards, uh storyline of this movie.
2: Is this the is this the priest storyline? The
1: minister. Yes. But yeah, or no, priest. Well, that's was, another reveal.
3: Yeah.
2: There was a line, so, you know, yeah. that's the the vignette where there's a woman and a man who are having an affair. The man yes. is just constantly like every scene, he's like, So should we yeah. get yeah. married or something? And she's like, nah, I really just like having, sex, having with sex with you and, with him, I'm, yeah. and I don't like you as a person and I don't want to be around you otherwise is basically Correct. what she's saying but he keeps bringing it up and then there's a line that really bothered me at the end when the reveal was that he was a minister because he's he says something along the lines of like well I know that you love your husband and she says well I know you love your girlfriend more and I think the girlfriend was intended to be God
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: and I hated then seeing (laughs) his little like priest thing on and i was like is this a joke i was like that and it was extremely upsetting the whole thing was extremely upsetting it's terrible like his reaction to her her just being like i really don't like you i just want to fuck you Like, please leave me alone. And then that she's married to Dennis Quaid Quaid. and that the reason she wants to be with Dennis Quaid is because a random person says, you must have a really great imagination. And then she starts crying Crying. as if this is the most powerful sentence she's heard in her life. And it changes the course of, of her marriage and the fact that she's been fucking this minister who just married her parents. (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot it's did i it, accurately read? no you that? absolutely
1: everything you said is completely the way it goes down um we find out that dennis quaid is a video game um creator uh and that he he created a game called killer golf that that uh, ryan <laughs> Felipe really loves um and killer golf <laughs> <laughs> and i mean it's it's and he says you have a really amazing imagination into your and, and as Aaron just said madeline Stowe sort of starts crying and then they go dancing together and, and and we're led to believe that their marriage is going to be fine ostensibly they're that. back together
0: as, as as they play architecture in the back background correct yes. uh i uh let's talk Architect- a little bit about. let's, let's talk about uh, a little bit about killer golf here
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think happens in Killer Golf,
0: kidding? Eh? I, I mean, I don't. I have no fucking idea.
2: <laughs> golf balls to the, golf
0: balls to the head. murdering yeah. people with people. golf clubs. Yeah, yeah. 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 And one of one of a million things can happen. You know, yeah. blank canvas there. <laughs> uh, I. I I yes. hate the idea that fucking middle-aged boomers, because this guy is very much a boomer, yes. somehow came yes. up with a game called Killer Golf. 0% uh, yeah. chance. Zero. Um, furthermore, less than zero. Less than zero. <laughs> also
2: that Ryan Felipe would then be like,
0: you yeah. are so
2: creative.
0: Because oh, me with my just blue faced hair off the title. And, uh. and, and my rave drugs, I, I just go uh. home and play Killer Golf every night. Uh. Um, I, I, I really have always kind of hated uh, video game people in movies it always has Hmm. been like some really ugly kind of shorthand that uh that that is used in lieu of actual character development and also makes video the video game now i'm not really a gamer but like i understand it's it's a real thing where that people really care about and it always it does stupid shit like killer golf like don't you like (laughs) They always. It, it, this is what those kids like. uh Like <laughs> golf, but See, the kids with, are you know, playing right. This is like
2: golf, but it kills people.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Golf, but instead of golf balls, it's eyeballs, and instead of you know golf clubs, it's femurs, and Ugh. um. That's probably what killer
1: golf. Is that sounds right, Kenny? That sounds eyeballs. Right. Yes, yes. Uh, eyeballs and limbs. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Maybe uh, to be part of killer golf, it's like the. You have to be a serial killer who's also a golfer, and then on the on the like holes, each hole is yeah. a kill. That's
1: right. cool. I like let's, that
0: too. Let's do this, Aaron. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's too bad we're three thousand episodes into this podcast because a yeah. good feature would have been um, <laughs> let's write a movie every episode. We've done like six yeah. or seven episodes. Yeah. Okay, um, the PGA yeah. Tour professional slash serial killer. What? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like American Psycho, but he goes from town to town, kills people with a fucking golf club, uh, okay. dresses like a yuppie. Um, you know, he, like the, the amount of privilege those dudes have. You guys like, should write a no fucking movie. I know, and no, one yeah. okay. no one would suspect No one would suspect them. Yeah. Okay. Suspect them.
2: The Dexter reboot's coming out. There's a thirst there for serial there killers there. again. Always. Oh, this it? is people gonna sell. Love
1: People love it. This is gonna sell. This is a legitimately good idea for a movie, though, guys. Like well, I'm not well, even. Well.
2: <laughs> I know. Well, well, well,
1: I, playing by heart, leading to genius. Playing by entire heart,
2: entire and now we're writing like, a movie.
0: <laughs> I would. It kind of has like. Uh, it, it, it's the kind of movie you'd make in like the in the in the 80s or 90s. Like Phil, when we do like yes. Death Spa and Society, yes. I think it kind of fits into that
2: a little bit.
0: Yep. Like Look,
2: nostalgia we, is huge right now. Okay? Always, always. This is gonna I'm, fit. I'm gonna, I'm
0: gonna, I'm gonna put Killer Golf on my on my big board. Put on your ideas, board, Aaron, and <laughs> okay. if you want to write? Phil, of course, you're. We're. Yeah. Welcome. No, right, I. Just, I would love to. I'd love to be involved. I, I, I'll I'd say, actually I'll
2: like say. all three of us to write it because I think that's a recipe for success based on yeah, our obviously. Brendan Fraser,
1: yes, uh, yes.
2: resurgence here. Uh, Renaissance. We no so. joke.
0: Zeitgeist. No joke. Obviously, he would star. That's a good fucking star for this. That's a great
1: star for this.
0: He's wow. a little too old. My life has come full circle. He'd have to be on the on the the the, the, Champions the tour, one. the senior sure. tour. Yeah, sure. but I still think that's pretty good. He's been doing it for fucking thirty years. Maybe we yeah.
2: can pull like a John, um, like in Dexter season two when there was oh, like Lithgow. another yeah, yeah. Uh, another coat Maybe he could be the John Lithgow sure. character sure. and then. Sure.
0: Wouldn't it be such yeah. a great moment when the young, hot detective realizes that all these murders are happening <laughs> in towns with PGA tour events? It's like, what is
1: the... What is the connection? Yeah.
0: You know, I was just listening What's, to my new favorite podcast, The Heist Podcast. I don't know if you have got i have heard listened of it. One. I haven't listened to it. It is mm. the best. Uh, but one thing that they note is good heisters, really good heisters, move around a lot. Because these local police departments don't really talk to each other uh, and it isn't until the FBI gets involved that they really even stand a chance because the FBI yeah. starts, you know, tooling together this information from all these different jurisdictions. Okay. So if yeah. our PGA tour killer golf serial killer is killing people wherever there's a tour Who event, would suspect the golfer? very long Who would suspect? Time. Who would suspect? No. No one's- I, I, I can't fucking wait. The
2: so bodies go in the head. golf
0: bag. That's how he gets rid of them. Just yeah. Well, first he first he cuts them up, up. and yeah, all like, of it, and all of his golf clubs made oh. out of bones. Made out of bones. What what's harder than bone? That's amazing. <laughs> made out um, of, I, I want That's how he's so good.
1: <laughs> I want to ask a, a question to to uh, to get back to playing by heart for a quick second here, because there yeah. there are some there are some. Uh, I don't want to say twist, twist are the wrong word, but there are some plot mechanics that kind of made my head hurt. Uh, I want to specifically hone in on the Angelina Jolie-Ryan-Felipe storyline. Uh, mm. She meets this guy in a rave. Um, and, uh, and did they
2: know each other before? That no. I was not clear on. No. Okay.
1: No. Uh, she just is screaming on a you know screaming on a payphone in a rave as and one he was does. giving
2: her quarters or something. He gave her
1: a quarter so she could yell at her ex about the cat that she wanted back from him. Blanche, um, Blanche. Uh, they there's like it's I guess it's supposed to be a meet cute. Then they chat at like a table. Like, again, like this bar club rave situation that's all kind of a, – it's a skeleton key. It doesn't matter. Um, it,
0: it looks like it was left over from the, uh, the Mod Squad set. Yes,
1: it does. It very much yeah. does. So Angelina Jolie immediately falls in love with this guy, like is immediately head over heels. He seems – uh, less than enamored with her, and yet subjects himself to numerous dates with her.
0: That's a real time capsule right there. By the way, a world where Angelina Jolie yes. is pining after Ryan Felipe, and everybody's just down because, like, he was like as it is. They yes, got. yes.
2: I had a poster of him in my room growing up
0: from really cruel intentions.
2: It was like oh, yeah. with intentions. his sunglasses down. Um, and I was watching those scenes, being like, trying to, trying to remember why I liked him because <laughs> he's so he boring in
0: this. He's doing so nothing.
2: bad in this movie. I love, and him. I was
0: really okay.
2: Well, look, I, I, like, I, mean, I look,
0: I love him in general. Obviously, I love Sebastian, one of my favorite characters.
2: Well, um, that that is like the character he was made to play.
0: Correct. But totally. this
2: this, it's like he is really flat. I felt like yes. his deliveries are really flat yeah. of the lines. And I like, especially compared to Angelina, I was like, I was like, what does she see in him? I was like, what do I see in him? Well, but there were this- moments, his I mean, he's a beautiful man. There were moments yes. where I was like, oh, I understand. I understand. Well, it feels like he had one
1: direction, which was the reveal that he's HIV positive. Um, and that he's he overplayed the or, or or however you want to call it this sort of um, what's uh, this reticence to be attached to Angelina Jolie and unfortunately that plays as boredom. That plays as, as a flatness as opposed to trying to keep his emotions to himself. So there's yeah. this push and pull of like, why is this guy continuing to go on these dates with this girl? The answer being, of course, he is into her, but he's afraid to be into her because of the fact that he's HIV positive, which good reason. Oh, it's not a bad reason. Um, but it's also like, it's just it's just acted poorly unfortunately but then in the middle of this angelina jolie's car is stolen in a parking lot but it turns out that her sister played by jillian anderson stole the car for her so that it looked like her car was stolen and then ryan Felipe knew that her car had been stolen and was like i knew, I knew that it was all yeah like
0: what that's that's a classic move. That's the that's the classic <laughs> move. So obviously, Ryan. That's how Kenny is
2: actually married today. That's yeah, that's how, how
1: Kenny met. Uh, yeah, Laura. Yeah,
0: well, Laura. Laura also has. I mean, Laura has three sisters, <laughs> and uh, yeah. they have pulled some shit. So uh, <laughs> it is not that crazy.
1: <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. That is I'm,
0: I'm not saying
1: that like that we that that we don't have friends or siblings that are willing to help us. In situations, you, of course, though. but this like is this is absurd. But this is absurd. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's 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 unfortunate. It's weird. Um, but to, to sort of what we were alluding to earlier, they're both so beautiful and so watchable on some level that this storyline rises above the rest, and it's still rife with problems.
2: I also want to say I wrote down a number of her outfits in the movie that I was like, "This is an what? incredible outfit." Her gold you into them? long sleeve fingerless gloves. I was like, I need these immediately. Oh, I was. I was into them. that,
1: but were you into the weird head
2: <laughs> scarf thing? I thought that was hilarious because I was like, I was like, this is, I guess, the director's <laughs> version of like what a quirky girl right, would be right, wearing, right? Um, like with the curlers, also. Like he he yeah. had her in curlers a lot. Um, and just busting out of
1: shirts, just straight up, yeah. like, wearing a bra, it just seemed yeah. like was just... Yeah. Amazing.
2: For me, amazing. It,
1: it definitely is a time capsule in terms of their storyline reminded me a little bit of Go, Kenny, in, in terms of the the rave culture, the aesthetic that kind of goes with rave culture, the colored hair.
0: It's really a shame that, yeah. I mean, you know, I... I I don't really know where I stand on Go right now, to be honest. Um, the movie you went to see t-
1: literally twice
0: back to back. I did, and it was my favorite <laughs> movie for so long. And then we did it for this podcast, and I guess I was just in a bad mood. But like, yeah. or I, I don't know what was wrong with me. Like, I, I, I still We kind of laid into Go.
1: It. We really laid into at least we the ju- second and third we, act. We loved the first act.
0: Yes, we were jerks. We, but we might it's have a been real jerks. shame that there really isn't a. Outside of the go, I guess, like a seminal rave movie. That well, was we, a massive part of the culture. That, that I totally heard. Fear. Do you remember?
2: Do you remember the movie Fears? Fear with Reese sure, Witherspoon? Sure.
0: That's, that's the seminal getting the third base on a roller coaster movie. <laughs> yeah, that,
2: that's well, true. no, that's true. that's true. But anytime I think true. of a rave, I think of that movie because really, yeah, they go. That's like where she meets. Um, what's his face? Uh... Mark Wahlberg? Thank you. Yeah. Um, they meet at a rave and he like saves her from the rave, like getting raided by
1: police. Yeah. So Kenny, you make you make a good point about rave culture and how I think part of it is that it was very brief, it feels like. Like it it didn't last that long. But it was
0: exactly when yes. I was like totally experimenting yes. with shit. So it it like for me, maybe for like it must be just people who are like exactly our age. Mm-hmm. But uh it was like the moment. It was like a two or three year thing that, like, uh, it was almost like pre-EDM, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Like EDM took over around two thousand three, two thousand four, and then never stopped. And now EDM is basically, you know, EDM slash hip hop is it, yeah. is is what popular music music has become. But there was this moment right before where it was much scarier. Yes. Far druggier. Mm-hmm. Like raves were dangerous. They never ended. You know, you started, you, 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 like, yeah. you know, you walked yeah. out and the sun was up. Yeah. It was, it did have this like end of the world vibe.
1: Well, it's interesting. Two things are interesting. about What you're saying. The first is I just watched the Woodstock 99 documentary on HBO the other day, which I highly recommend watching. And we'll be doing an episode. And on. We will, we'll do an episode on it, but there's a portion of it where they had like a rave tent and it just didn't close. It was just 24 hours a day, just, you know, sun up, sun down, just people, I'm assuming, rolling and raving and doing whatever they're doing in there. It's interesting. Um, th- we are going to touch on a filmmaker that I do feel tried to kind of weaponize that culture a little bit, which is Greg Araki. He, yeah, had, a, a he had a group of films around that time. Certainly from the aesthetics and certainly that kind of subculture, we're going to do splendor um, at some point. And but to your but to your grander point, Kenny, there really isn't that movie, and Go is kind of that movie, for good or bad. Um, but, but but I do got. think that that Angelina Jolie and Ryan Felipe's storyline in this film is sort of trafficking in that culture a bit. Not really, but kind of. Yeah, <laughs>
2: they tried to.
0: Yeah, we've seen a bunch of movies that feel like they were made or production designed by people who were aware of rave yes. culture. Yes. Um But now, did you feel really.
2: that this was the case?
3: uh this, <laughs> yeah, games? no, I,
0: I do, I do. I think this was a bit. This had a bit of like, oh, I, I, this is what the kids are doing these days, right? Yeah. Like. I mean off the top of my head though I mean the mod squad is the is like the biggest one that like yeah. kind of played there and the days kind of played there a little bit um uh Stigmata kind of played there a little bit like a lot of these things that were kind of dealing with the end of the world also felt like, like rave music and rave culture was the soundtrack and the setting mm-hmm. for the end of the world.
1: But it's also kissing up against your limp biscuits and your corns and stuff like that, in terms of that like end of the world.
0: I can't figure I out know. what that was.
1: <laughs> we're gonna have I to at some point, it. Kenny. We need to we're gonna have I, to wrestle I, it at some
0: point. I, I, I don't get it. Like I you know, I know that there's this idea that you can draw a straight line from the limp biscuits. And the corn, like the Olympuska people and the corn people to like the Trumps, the Trump people. Yeah. But that's not what it was. The, yep. the straight line to me is MMA culture to the Trump people. Uh, right. And MMA culture to me is not, uh, is not really married to any kind of artistic aesthetic aside from t-shirts with shit all over the, all over the, right, uh, right. the, the t-shirt. Yeah. Like, um, I hear that. I hear that. I I don't need. I don't know what that is, but that's not really Limp Biscuit or Kid Rock. Well, I do.
1: I do think that the the HBO documentary, um, which I highly recommend you guys check out, does try to unpack how we got there and how sort of grunge mutated, and and was sort of and and a bunch of different types of music were co opted and kind of put into this weird stew, and that's how you get your Limp Biscuits and your Corns. But it's it's strange.
2: What a I what a thing know. that we we've gone down this road. I was like, <laughs> of all the things we're going to talk we get about here today.
1: Yeah,
2: will it be MMA culture? Will, <laughs>
1: be will playing by heart get us to MMA? I don't know. <laughs> I'll,
3: I will yeah. ask this
1: though, because it is on a music on the music tip that we're talking about here. The drinking in LA by Bram Van Three Thousand Needle Drop at the top of this movie did take me back because that's a song I have not heard since 1999. It was. It's it's a weird, and, and it does speak to your point, Kenny, of a booyah base of music that creates a song like that, that's sort of trip-hoppy, kind of rappy, but also yeah. pop. Like, it's trying to do all these things. Because I do think that the millennium, whether we want to kind of wrestle that or not, does feel like it's bringing out all this shit, right? Like, it's it's... Everyone's like, it's about to be the year 2000. Like, let's jam everything together and who the fuck knows what's gonna happen. Yeah. It's weird. It's
0: weird. It, I, it's only now, after watching every fucking movie made in this year and having 20 plus years of yeah. distance from it, does it actually feel like uh, it was a really, really, really important thing. Like yeah. that 99 to 2000 thing. Mm-hmm. did have this Magnolia vibe, right? Yeah. Did have yeah. this like the world's about to end. Vibe. Think about Blast
2: from the Past, the movie that we were yeah. I mean that
1: That's was all about yeah.
2: end of time. And yeah. Y2K is part
1: right. of this too. We're gonna do a Y2K episode at one point as well where we because I feel like we we laugh about it now. But at the time it felt pretty real. Like it was scary. It felt like a, right? Like yeah. there were people that were thinking i don't know what's going to happen my everything might not work technology might shut down and we might be back to the stone ages uh until we figure it out
0: what's so weird about i mean i, <laughs> the, I wonder what kind of person yes. who the analog is mm-hmm. for someone who was truly terrified of y2k because this is not the same because it's probably like,
2: the same people who like are not getting vaxxed and you think they're QAnon that people? kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think I do. so
0: because I think there's way I more I think there's I, I maybe I'm wrong <laughs> but like I almost think it's the people who took COVID very seriously because like I think that there was way more evidence that this might happen like really like I, think, real I think actual people, smart were, people were like this might happen
2: no, smart people were scared, but I don't think yes. like I think there were people who actually like had bunkers ready to go. Yes. There like, were those are the people sure. I'm thinking yes. about. Yeah.
0: yeah. So the thing is, like, okay, the QAnon people believe for have believed for instance
2: what are we talking about i was just gonna say from playing my heart to i don't know why i
0: don't know why you guys are are, are, why you got why you guys are trying to get back to this stupid ass movie when we could talk about well i mean uh the qanon people for instance there was a date right in march where like the 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 great storm reckoning flood where trump was supposed to come back and that didn't yes, happen yes, and the correct. QAnon people were just like well yeah it's just got, it just got postponed to, to august right like mm-hmm. their prophecy didn't come true and it just got postponed but again this isn't like something like no 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 thing yeah. or some you know ancient mayan prophecy where like you can kind of be like I, th- I think we might have just just interpreted this wrong now this is like this is some shit now like you're wrong Right. Do you like, like the Y2K people all were like, great news didn't happen. But do you think there would have been a segment of people who were like, actually, it's going to be Y2K one. Actually, I'm like, sure there yeah, were. I'm, I'm sure, sure there, there were. were. It's,
2: it's like there those religious now. or cult leaders who are like, you know, every year they're like, OK, this is the doomsday year. We got to like and then when it passes, they're like, oh, they changed the date
0: hey that's just different is this had nothing to do with like tribalism it had nothing to do with like uh no i with, think there with, were with,
2: people in tech who were like yes this, this yeah
0: science this was yeah. actual like this was yep. actually yeah. like look and 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 who knows but it seems like if the you know the peters from office space didn't sit in their cubicle and change right. all the the four digits to two digits, Who we knows? might have actually gone back to the Stone Age. So thank you, I, Peter, I, from Inatech.
1: Yes, no, I I, I, I understand. <laughs> I um, I, not in the I truth. want I want to to pivot for a second because there's the two, Sean Connery. There's two other storylines we do need to hit before we rate this movie and move on with our lives. The first is the Sean Connery Gina Roland storyline. Uh, Sean Connery thought about having an affair 25 years ago
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> basically he, it seems like he's married to like a Martha Stewart kind of lady who has her like, gardener yeah. felt
0: like to yeah me. Yeah. Right. yeah
2: yeah and she discovers an old photo that we don't really get context for right away but she's pissed she's like going through his things she finds this old photo in buried in his last will and testament. Correct, and she's
0: like, because he's dying, he's got a break. Yeah, he's he's dying. Yeah,
2: and she's like, "Hey, bitch, I found this photo. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what? Mama's pissed off. Okay,
1: yeah, that's basically it.
2: And Sean is like, I didn't sleep with her. He's like, I did fall in love with her, Uh
0: which is worse. But he's
2: like, but guess what? I loved you more. Oh, yeah, but totally! Like, it's like it's he's worse. basically like I was in love with both of you, but I liked you a little bit more, so I didn't sleep with her. It wasn't worth it's, it, and she's kind of like
0: actually thing.
2: Well, okay, yeah, um, yes,
0: it
1: is. It's like Love Actually, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Know, Emma Thompson lays great. it out perfectly.
1: It's it, you but know, their storyline
2: is kind of played for like uh, laughs, jokes, like, yeah. like yeah. yeah, and it's. It was um, confusing, but I did love their house. I took many notes on their house. I was like, I wonder how much this would sell for. I was like, in this economy?
0: A lot. Oh, it's a beautiful Um, home. Really gorgeous home.
2: Vaulted ceilings. (laughs) They've got a pool in LA. My God. Um, Speaking of homes, did you notice that Jon Stewart was living in the stall house? Yeah. Yep. This is like a famous architectural house in L.A. He was living in it. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, the stall house? I was like, well, (laughs) I would be very interested in Jon Stewart, too, if he took me back to the stall house. Yeah. A lot of great architecture in this movie. There is some good architecture in this movie. architecture and dancing.
1: It's true. I I do think the Sean Connery, Gina Rowland storyline is is weird, too, because it's filled with all these weird... um, movie references? Like it's just jammed with him continuing to He says mission accomplished
2: at one point. He does. He does. And I was like, is I'm not super familiar with like all of the but I was like, surely he said that in as a Bond dude, right? Correct. A Bond dude. I was like a previous previous Bond dude. I'm not I'm not very invested, but I was like I was like that's a weird nod to him being Bond in this movie. They also
1: did, I mean, they didn't really have much chemistry, if, I mean, no, if no, I'm being no. honest. No, 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 That's not <laughs> um, what
2: this was about for them.
1: It's 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 interesting to me watching that storyline and knowing how um, invested in this film Sean Connery was. Like, that that this guy was kind of at the tip of the spear of this film. It seemed like he felt like this was going to be a movie that was going to, you know... You know, was there Oscar potential, like, that this was going to be a movie that was just going to be more... Or maybe
2: change the roles that
3: he got?
1: Yeah, I really don't know. I know that he he did talk about how he was interested in doing it because it was a an age-appropriate relationship. But then, like, he goes right into entrapment, which is the worst, most egregious. Yeah. Uh, so, like, fuck that noise. But, um so that storyline is whatever. The, the final storyline that we're talking about, and we, we briefly kind of grazed it earlier, which is the Gillian Anderson-John Stewart relationship. Gillian Anderson is a theater director whose play looks terrible. I mean, straight up. I did up write
2: down, I was awful. like, what is this play about? Because I see a chef, I see a flapper. And I was like, how are they connected? And it, it was made like a me think about- chef and someone in a flapper uniform.
1: It made me think about Margot Tenenbaum's uh, plays from the Royal Tenenbaums, where like <laughs> yeah. those are good plays. Those are much better plays. Yes, I like. But I, plays. I was just like, what is this play? So she's a theater director. Uh, she frequents a bookstore. It seems because she seems to be a regular there. Michael Emerson works there. Uh, they chat. and there's an
2: architect there redoing the bookstore and yes. he makes bookshelves that fall on people so he's not <laughs> he tries a great to reach architect? for a
1: magazine and the whole bookshelf comes down on her yeah. It's a gigantic bookshelf that would have crushed her and probably killed her
2: absolutely absolutely uh, but she gets up her. dusts
1: herself off and she's totally fine uh john stewart is and then he on the a
2: date so he's the
1: architect yes, yes. he's the architect he's the architect
2: Making the bookshelves that fall on people, and he then asks her on a date when she brushes herself yeah. off.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. This yeah. was our so as we said, this was one week uh, before 1999. Uh, John Stewart starts on the Daily Show in 1999. Yep. Oh. So it's interesting to think that he was maybe. Yep. You know, let's assume he never got the Daily Show. I mean, he 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 had the John Stewart Show, which was a bit of a failure. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was not cool at this time no he no. was he, maybe was he old,
2: saw this movie and he thought i'm this isn't working out he, thought, he was like I i've got a i should go I should to basic cable
0: this. yeah yeah um which is what i should go replace an old sports center guy on basic cable and revolutionize television i know and then become like the world's yeah. you know biggest fucking celebrity which he yeah. also did but it, this is the only period in john short's entire career Mm-hmm. where he was you know scraping the bottom of the barrel and yet i still feel like uh he to me he was the most watchable part of this i think this guy has always radiated like a certain star power and charisma he I still has it and intelligence I still,
2: I still think angelina was the most watchable but i thought he yep. was good and there was a scene with him where he's like Cuddle in with her enormous dog that I thought was really yeah. like charming and showed his comedy very well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, with he was he
2: of, yeah. was good in it. But I kept wondering. I was like, why? But why Jillian? Yeah. Why? Yeah. And I, Jillian is obviously a queen. And why wouldn't you love her? But they, mm-hmm. in well, this more movie, more they made her deeply. Queen, well, that's true. Isn't that <laughs> I, I do <laughs> think
1: she's. I mean. And this this goes kind of for everybody. Most of the people in this film are sleepwalking through these performances. Like, they're just oh, I not... Don't know
0: if I agree with that. I, I feel like they, they did the best. Okay. They, well, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's... You can chalk it up to, like, a, this ephemeral notion of star power.
1: Right, right, right. But
0: right. I felt like all the people in this movie who were stars, with the exception mm-hmm. of Dennis Quaid, gave yeah. star performances... Yeah. Uh, maybe with the maybe you wouldn't include uh, Ryan Felipe in there, but I don't know if you'd ever really call him a star. But even Ellen Burstyn, I think yeah. Jay Moore did the best with some of the worst material you'll ever see. Um, I think Angelina was great. I think John Stewart was great. I thought Madeline Stowe was great. I think Sean Connery was really good. I like. I, I, I again, this movie's terrible, but like these right. characters, these actors, you know, were kind of able to land this plane with only one. Death, Dennis
2: Quaid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's only
1: one death in this
0: movie. and Only a one person place. was murdered by... Yeah,
1: him. I mean, I think that... I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you in the sense that what kills these actors is the script, right? Like, they just don't have good stuff to do. They're doing the best they can with what they have, and because the script is so flat, it's making the character... And it's also poorly directed. So, like, I believe that there's a more dynamic Gillian Anderson performance... To be made from this material, I just feel like, you know, there's just not a lot going on there. And to your earlier point, Aaron, there is something a little bit unseemly about how continually Jon Stewart is, is coming at this woman who's, again, this is sort of, this is a trope of obviously of the 90s and what have you, of men that just think that. Male writers that think it's cute that the chase and oh. the perpetual like what have you. I've talked about it a fair amount on the West Wing episodes as well. It's a trope of Sorkins for sure. So it's 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 a it's it's a problem.
0: I think yeah. uh I think Willard Carroll thinks that's part of courtship because it's just yeah, gender it's gender reversed in the Angelina storyline, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he doesn't I, I it, this is this is a trope of male writers, this is a trope of female writers, this is a trope of everybody before. Mm -hmm. A certain period of time Mm -hmm. where uh, people in general, men, but people in general didn't really understand um, in terms of narrative storytelling, Mm -hmm. how uncomfortable it is to have somebody ask over and over and over again. And how maybe the second time it starts to verge on harassment and the third or fourth time it is harassment. Um, Correct. So I don't think people really got that. Uh and I agree. He, again, you know, Willard Carroll <laughs> seems to think that by flipping it uh gender he might I think he thinks that he's covering his ass a little bit. But uh, he Well, they
2: also had too. a really quick it was like she was deflecting him over and over again. I think they have dinner successfully where she had agreed to a dinner maybe once or twice. And she's like, I'm in love. And then he's staying at her house, watching her dog. And then it feels like they're about to get married very quickly. And it like, if we're going by Dennis Quaid's storyline where he has a week to like hit all of these characters and then he ends a wedding or whatever. I'm not, I'm not clear on the length of time happening in this movie at all
1: yeah it's it It definitely to your point it's one of two things which is a the passage of time doesn't make any sense and if it is as compressed as as it seems to be these people are acting insane and these relationships are getting dialed up way too quickly so it's just it's all kind of insane um let's rate this film um let's 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 rate this movie um so I really hated this movie, um, and one of the things that bothered me the most about this film, um, and it's something we talked about on another film that I really disliked, the story of Us, which is wasted potential, the the possibility of of a cast. And I'm similar to yourself, Kenny. I'm a big fan of relationship movies, big ensemble relationship things, the interconnectedness of life. I love all of that stuff, and this film fucking sucks at that and it bothers me and story of us similarly it wasn't so much about the interconnectedness of of life and a mosaic or what have you but that movie was about sort of you know unpacking a marriage over the course of many years and i think that they failed at doing that as well so i kind of equate them similarly in my head anyway before this podcast they gave it a 20 um after this podcast, I'm up a little bit, maybe a 25, if I'm being generous. But that's kind of where I'm at. Um, what about you, Kenny?
0: I actually was higher than you before this podcast. I gave it a 35. I mean, that's a bad rating for a bad movie. I find it le- not s- just not so terrible. Um, okay. Not now. I'm I'm down a little bit. I'm going to go down to a 30, even. Because I think uh, I, th- I think in final analysis, I'm a little more offended by the okay by by the structure of this film than I thought I was. Um, I had already previously accounted for how poorly uh, every individual storyline was executed, but I think thirty. <laughs> this is not the worst film okay. we've done. This this there there is a, 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 a there is a professional veneer to the way this yes. was made, and you do yes. have all these stars. Yes, um, it's it's just trite. And dumb mm-hmm. and a little sad, but whatever. It's a film. What do you think, Aaron?
2: Yeah. What are you at, Aaron? Well, I feel like I'm a little bit more on Kenny's side of the fence here because I would not rewatch this movie, but I can think of worse movies. I think if I try hard enough. Sure. Um, and so probably before this, I would have rated it like a like a thirty five, like right around where Kenny is. But then with us discussing it, then you realize really how quite how bad it is. Um, (laughs) So maybe I'll go down to a 25 after this. Um, I really would not rewatch it like under any
3: circumstances.
1: And definitely tell people not to watch it. Like I would go out of my way to make sure people do. Right.
2: Well, I think I've already seen you do that on Twitter. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I've been pretty clear. You don't did. watch because this I'm movie. Like,
0: wow, this is terrible. You were pretty is terrible. hard at
1: it. Yeah, yeah, I really didn't like this movie. Um, but I think so,
2: I think I liked it less after we talked about it for sure.
1: Uh, so, Kenny, next week, um, you and I talked about a film that we both had never seen that we both really came around on and really loved to try to combat the movie that we just talked about, which we didn't like very much. I don't know if you've seen this film, Aaron. It's called Limbo. Um, no, Limbo's it's John so good. It's a John Sayles movie, um, starring David Strathairn, uh, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. Uh, it's a fucking great movie, and yeah, we both so are just good. a nice palate
2: cleanser.
0: Okay. A you should nice watch cleanser. it. You should. You should watch it. It's. It's like. I will. Uh, yeah, I, I would. I would advise everyone to watch it. It's. It's. Just, I think okay, you'd cool. really like.
1: It's. It's. It's essentially about. Uh, these people that get the, the shitty pitches, they get stranded in the woods, but it's so much more than that um and it's it's
2: what genre what's the genre oh
1: boy it's kind of got sort of um thrillery vibes a little bit okay. um but it's really more of a meditation on like yeah you
0: know, growing old uh, yeah. and and growing second old. chances yeah. and it's 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 for the first half of the movie it's a romance between two people who are kind of. Over the hill a little bit in Alaska, and then that's up my alley. It happens from there. Yeah, I, I really then, think then you're, some, I think really then like some unexpected shit happens. And uh, as Phil said, they kind of get stranded in the woods, and it's uh, it's fucking it's so great. It's like it's, so it's it 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 is the opposite of this movie <laughs> because it is the kind of it because it, sure. it also obviously John Sales does not write specs at this point in his career. But it has the vibe of a really good spec. You're telling you know, me two like people really can have a conversation
2: good, like, in this movie yes. and it yeah. makes sense. They
0: can talk yeah. to each other. Yes. Wow. It has okay. the vibe of like, I have an interesting idea for a movie. What if you had two people who are like starting on a relationship and then something really kind of traumatic? And scary happens to them at the same time where they have to depend on each other in a way they're not prepared to do yet emotionally. And then all of the specifics about all of the plot mechanisms and the specifics and the characterizations are really strong and the performances are like incredible. You know, it's our second, we did The Abyss with Mary with Master Antonio. So it's our second movie with her. David Strathairn is in it. Chris Christopherson is awesome. It's just a good fucking
1: movie. And and Davis Aaron is just, I mean, he's one of our finest actors. He's he's fucking great. Limbo rules. Watch Limbo. But more than anything, Aaron, thank you so so much for coming on and talking about playing by heart. This is a
2: this is a lot of fun, and I wouldn't have watched that movie otherwise. So thank you.
1: Of course, of course. And we hope to have now you back I'll never soon.
2: have to rewatch it. Yeah.
1: There you go. No,
0: You took the bullet you took the bullet for all of America and
1: Canada. <laughs> thank you so much, Aaron. We really appreciate it. Please check out our Reddit as well at reddit.com backslash podcast like its. We're also on Twitter at podcast like its 1999. We're also on Instagram at podcast like its 1999. Uh, thank you so much to Ernie and Will for producing our episodes, Sullivan for our social media, Jan Katas for our amazing art and theme songs. And most of all, thank you all for listening.